Folks, welcome into the Crowdus' podcast presented by Trainwreck Sports. Wake here with a great friend of the program, Robin Mundy. Find her on Twitter at Robin Mundy, YWO. She is the editor-in-chief, Buffalo fan base blog, has become an incredible friend of Trainwreck Sports and, of course, myself personally. Robin, I always love having you on because I think we share not the same exact perspective, but the same general interests when it comes to talking football. We were talking a little bit before we got on here. We're not exactly like the X's and O's types, you know, we're not going to tell you, you know, like, you know, the expected this and DVOA's that, but, you know, I'm excited to talk about this, just everything from first impressions, you know, uh, how we handle these expectations, because you always bring a little bit of that extra nuance that that we need for a good conversation about it. So thank you for being here. Oh, I'm honored to be here. And, you know, the first thing I want to say is thank you for inviting me. Um, this is kind of it. This season, mm-hmm. you know, the expectations, everything that's out there right now, everything is at fever pitch. Of course, today is the first day of training camp sure. and, you know, everybody's hyped to the nines. So, yeah, um, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> A lot to talk about for sure. And uh, before we get into all of it, of course, do need to remind everyone, we are sponsored by New York's only outlet liquor, the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I always say last year I had a little Memorial Day shindig at my parents when they were out of town. You know, like I'm 16 again, throwing a party when the parents run out of town. And I got 20 people very, very, very drunk on some homemade Long Island iced teas because I was coming back from Long Island. So that was a big joke. Sangrias, Loganberry seltzers. They got it. absolutely everything you need over there. You hear it from Joe Cons. You hear it from Producer Burrs. You're going to hear it from me too here on the Crowdsource Podcast. So go support them. What's your outlet? My outlet for my Bills fan, of course, is this show. It's what I get out of this show is getting my, my emotions out in a generally sane kind of manner. Um, <laughs> And, you know, that'll be more for the end of the show when we talk expectations, how the players and how we as fans can personally handle this. But first, we're going to start talking about first impressions of this team, this organization, where we stand right now. And my first impression based on what we saw today at training camp, you know, of course, we get the big welcomes of Josh Allen. We get, you know, Von Miller seeing him the first time as a Buffalo Bill, which is just bizarre to see still. Like, one of the marquee players in the NFL, the NFL's cool guy, like, and just an all-around good dude, future Hall of Famer, could end up going down in history as one of the best Bills to ever wear the uniform, and he hasn't even taken a snap yet. But was most, to me, impressive and important is Jordan Poyer still being welcomed by the fans as much as he was, knowing he's in this contract dispute, because this organization is run so well, top to bottom, top meaning the Pagulas. Like I I am vocal about how they've done stuff with the Sabres. I'm not gonna say I'm not, but you gotta recognize when you build a culture within an organization, if it, if it, it, you don't have a good culture in spite of a bad owner, you know? And the fact that they are able to keep business and football somehow separate in the middle of a Super Bowl window when Jordan Poirier could say, you need me right now. I'm part of the best safety tandem in the NFL and everybody knows it. And still mm-hmm. he shows up, his owner shows up. The only reason, or his, his agent shows up. The only reason we really know anything's going on is because Drew Rosenhaus is in the crowd. They're talking with Brandon Bean and the Bills Brass trying to get something done. 
it's just like my first impression is how far just from an operation standpoint this organization has come it's just incredible unbelievable when you think about it in it's almost like a surreal dream because mm -hmm. we've known most of us that are bills fans have been bills fans for a long time yeah um there are some fans that kind of come on board later or whatnot but most of us diehard fans have been bills fans our entire lives and now we're in this position things have changed dramatically in terms of expectations um it's it it's a little dicey to try to sort your way through it all yeah and you know the first day of course you know it's like the first day of training camp you know everybody's hyped everybody's you know nuts um mm -hmm. but i totally agree with you about von miller um you know his entry into the picture i didn't see it coming yeah. um i i don't know how many bills fans did but he changes the narrative a lot in just his presence like you said you know you've got a future hall of famer um somebody who's you know he's he's gonna bring so much enthusiasm to that defense and mm -hmm. finally can we have a defensive line that's functional from one end of the defensive line to the other can we <laughs> it would be no, nice it would be nice and and i think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about it one of them being and this isn't even like the big thing like i'll start i'll start small tim settle defensive tackle that we signed in the off season was one of those underrated signings that the Warren Sharps or the Aaron Schatz of the football world are going to say, like, come February, we're going to be talking about this signing as a reason why the Bills are getting where they are right now. And today he had one of the plays of the day. I and 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 I didn't I didn't see a video. I hope there's a video out there that someone can send me. But you know, as a defensive tackle, making an interception in practice and having the effort and just the enthusiasm to take it 20 yards, like like Amazing. That is, yeah, that, that is just one of those hustle plays. That, and, and I can't remember, but there's a term that McDermott had for it, for a play where you don't give up on it. Even if you don't finish it out and you don't succeed, like it's not the result you wanted. Like mm -hmm. it's just like a hustle play. And, and that is like, that is what this defense has is they have that mentality where play to the whistle, even in practice. And Tim Settle is just in a great addition to that outside of what he offers in run stopping and pass rushing. Next, do you, go, no, go. I was just going to say, what? do you not just want to foam at the mouth with this defensive line, like from top to bottom? Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, you add Von Miller to the equation, but everybody's going to talk about that. But you're mm -hmm. right. Tim Settle, you know, Jordan Phillips, Shaq yep. Lawson, you know, mm -hmm. these are people that we know, um, not Tim Settle necessarily, but I, I was just, thrilled when when they signed him i couldn't believe our lucky stars because he's going to be a big time player for us mm -hmm. so from the top of the defensive line from one end to the other there is so much depth yeah. you know i any one of these guys would be starters on any other team and mm -hmm. i i've been patiently waiting i don't know about you guys but i have been begging and pleading for a one technique defensive a real one technique defensive tackle yeah 
not Star Latulule, like a true one tag. And, and yeah, Star is, but like, you know, he, he is what he was, you know, he was aging. He's just he was losing a step here and there. And, you know, size can only get you so far. Um, and, and that, that, that's what, you know, you know that's yeah. what I hear from girls too, is size can only get you so far. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you're right. Like top to bottom, like last year we were relying on, I believe we had Brandon Bryant in there a few times and now yeah, he did. is, he's like ninth at best on our defensive line depth chart right now. And we haven't even brought up like, you know, last year, let's say Jerry Hughes, if he gets hurt, we're relying on AJ Apanessa to step up in a full-time role. Now, I personally, I love AJ Apanessa. I think he showed a lot of flashes last year that he's going to come up and be a young, great contributor to this young, mostly really young offensive line that can stick together, defensive line that can stick together for years to come. Right. Um, but last year, having him as like your only option there, now Ooh. you have Shaq, you have Von Miller, you have Von freaking Miller, you know, Greg Rousseau. You know, we know that he, you know, he had that interception against Mahomes. He had a few really good sacks last year, but I don't think, and even me as someone who was, he was my guy in the draft when we got him. Mm. He, me and Meerkat, you remember, like he was yeah, our dude. <laughs> and, and like just seeing him just shock me and the rest of the NFL as a run stopper too. Like mm -hmm. it's been that has probably been the most aggravating part. Like if we're gonna, if, if, if we can compare it to talking about what's been going on with the Sabres for a few years, it's like right. the Sabres goaltending has been our run defense. You know, it's like, if we could just get that a little bit, like so many things could be different. And I think Rousseau is gonna be a big part of that for a long time. Like, yeah, top to bottom. Does he look to you, Rousseau looks to me like he's put some beef on up, up mm -hmm. top. Yeah, no, that's what I heard too. I heard him and Gabe Davis really bulked up in the off season. Davis's thighs. I was just like, whoa. I need um, to see him squish a watermelon between those things because I know he can. Mm. Unbelievable. A lot of guys showed up. You know, when you saw the pictures of people coming into camp, a lot of guys showed up big. Jordan yeah. Phillips looks bigger than what I remember him being when he played for us before. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if he's, if he's put on any weight or whatever, but he, you know, I miss having that big guy in the middle, you know, yeah. the Ted Washington type <laughs> and, you know, Phillips is, and he's got good juju with Shaq. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to bring the personality stuff to the table too. Um, yeah. but I am, I'm, I'm more excited about this defensive line than yeah. I have been in a long time. And exactly. I love me some big guys. <laughs> no, Greg Tom said, I know he, he was going nuts on Twitter today. He had a lot of good stuff out there. So of course he I did. always want to show love to show love to Greg. Cause he's just a good guy and he, he knows what he's talking about. I say, we're not really the X's and O's guys. Greg is the, X he's the guy. guy. He is the guy. There's the guys over mm -hmm. at Cover One, yes, they're they're yeah. the X's and O's. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. uh, but like, I forgot where I was going. I just, when I hear Greg, I just got to compliment the guy. But like, you know, when 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 your defense is just as exciting to you as your offense, yeah. like I'm gonna be excited. I'll be like, oh oh damn, jo Josh threw an interception, and now you know they have the ball at the forty. And we can we get to watch Von Miller and Russo and Matt Milano and Trey White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer and Kyrie Elam and. We get to watch these guys go to fucking work now. Like exactly. And yeah. Here's a question. Is the biggest battle in camp gonna be the punters? Holy moly. 
he punted it into the offensive lineman's training drill. <laughs> hey, come on. It was nuts. I, I saw that. It. it just went. It yeah. was. It was Joe Biscaglia's Punapalooza is going to that is going to be <laughs> at record that. heights this year. St. Francis grad got it. Got a shout out to the St. Francis grads out there in Bill's Mafia and especially. Yay! Media. He actually, what I I did, um, I did media at St. Francis. I, I ran a sports talk show when I was there, and the one wow. time Joe came in and we interviewed him, and and then I don't know if he remembers it, but it's fun to see you know all the connections in Bill's Mafia, um, but no connections possibly quite like Josh Allen, Gabe Davis, like obviously Diggs. You know the equation's the equation for a reason, but like here they had a very good connection today. Gabe Davis ended the season on such a strong note obviously nfl records in the playoffs and alan was asked in his press conference today about what he's seen from gabe davis and he said that now like you know gabe davis is coming into his own not just on the field but in the huddle too as a leader he's more vocal than he was in the past two years and maybe he thought that you know i have to earn the right to be vocal mm -hmm. and he definitely has earned that right right now like yeah, he's not a kind of guy. He's not a yammer no. kind of guy. He's the kind but... of guy when he has something to say, people are going to listen, you know? Exactly. But he's funnier than hell, too. You yeah. know, you, you see both sides of him. But he's so dedicated to his training. I mean, yeah. you can see that in each year, you know, he comes back and he's more mature. You know, he takes that, that next step. And I'm so excited to see what he can do on the other side of Diggs because mm -hmm. I think- In a full-time position there too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Give, now he knows it's his job. Yeah. And, and he, I, I don't fear for him that he's gonna have any trouble, you know, adjusting to the pressure at all. I think he's oh, one of those guys that kind of thrives on it. It's like when, you know, when he had that four touchdown game, you know, he just got in a zone. Yeah. He and Josh got in a zone. And it he was embarrassing grown men on live television. It looked it, like the one dude went down like like he got shot or something. Like he literally, like he just like broke his ankles. Like he is going to get a lot more extra attention this year. And there's a lot of people on the offense that have to get a lot of extra attention this year. And I think this is kind of a good way to transition into talking about uh, what aspects of last year's team will carry over to this year's. And the reason I brought this up, the reason I asked you to prepare about this too, is because in Josh Allen's press conference today, he said something to the effect of, nothing we did last year carries over to this year. Right. It's a different team. It's a new year. We have zero wins. We're not in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. But there is some things like, God, I hope they transfer over to this year, right? Mm -hmm. One of them being... Greg pointed out, Greg Thompson, this is the one point of his that I wanted to point out, that um, at least he was the first one to say it, that McKenzie was getting first team snaps in the slot right. over Jamison Crowder, who is probably one of the most respected slot receivers in the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. And he just, it just goes to show this team rewards the work that people have already put in. Mm -hmm. Like they're not gonna hand McKenzie the starting job but they recognize last year, especially that Patriots game, when he won the $800 on FanDuel, he <laughs> earned 
to be in my FanDuel lineup one more time. And he earned a shot at that slot job because he's a lot more than the gadget receiver that we picked off on waivers from the Broncos a few years ago. For real. And the other thing I, I would add to that, you know, when you're talking about depth, this team on offense and defense is yeah. as deep as any team I've ever seen, even in the Super Bowl years. Yeah. You know, th those were some really talented teams. And this team, I think, is as talented as any of the Super Bowl teams that we had back in the day. But we have more depth now. Yeah, exactly. And kind of what worries, one of the big worries, not really for me per se, I was happy with the Ken Dorsey hire. And Josh was too. That's one of the things he said today is that, you oh. know, he, he, he counts his blessings every single day that, that Ken Dorsey got hired or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And like, sure, are there going to be growing pains? Maybe. Josh acknowledged that different communication styles, sure. you know, is he going to be in the booth? Is he going to be on the field? Like, you know, Josh and Diggs already communicate in a certain way. Dorsey doesn't want to step on their toes. So it'll be a learning process, just like anything else. But with the amount of depth, the amount of just pure raw talent on that offense, like it can be really, really hard to have talent overcome poor or just inconsistent coaching. Like mm -hmm. you see it in Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, no matter what shit Mike McCarthy was ever calling or, you know, whatever, you know, how, how bad it got with the other receivers there, they had an MVP, and the best receiver in the NFL, Barna. So mm -hmm. talent over talent trumped bad play calling there. Now, Kansas City, Eric Bieniemy, I guess, might not be as good of an offensive coordinator as some people say. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got Travis Kelsey, you got Tyreek Hill. Like they can just they can go do jazz scatting out there and just <laughs> like beep, boop, pop, pop, I'm in the end zone. Like that, like <laughs> really. Like, and now the Bills are finally in that position where even if there are some growing pains early on in the season, like it's not going to be anywhere close to what we saw on like, you know, the Pittsburgh game last year, Jacksonville Ugh. game, which I swear I'd never bring up, you know? Well, it is a good point though, that you're bringing up because I think that is one thing that you do want to have carry over from, from last year is the memory of mm -hmm. what it was like to lose that game to lose that opener, to lose mm -hmm. that game against the Jags. They to get blown need... out by Indianapolis on your home field. Mm -hmm. Exactly. They have they 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 have to have that. And Sean McDermott isn't going to let them buy into the, all this media hype. And I no. think that's what happened last season. I'm still be. angry about that Pittsburgh game. I'm yeah. still angry about it. It was like they read their own press clippings too much and came out mm -hmm. and, oh, well, well, they learned. But yeah. now they have to carry that over, you know, as mm -hmm. you pointed out, what are we going to carry over from last year? Well, that better be something you carry over because you don't, it cost us, it cost us home field advantage. Sure did. You know, yeah. In I the mean, playoffs. Yeah. The Titans were, I will always say the most fraudulent number one seed that I have ever seen in a playoff of any sport that exists, period. Like that was that should have been ours, but neither here nor there. I'm not going to dwell on the past. Let's not yeah. dwell on the past. I'm um, <laughs> uh, but um, on the expectations that you brought up, and I feel like we're actually kind of transitioning in there, and it's a free-flowing yeah. conversation. So like, I hate going by rigid bullet points and everything. But Me yeah, no, Mc 
<laughs> right? Like McDermott said, like external expectations don't matter whatsoever. Like whether we're the 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 32nd power rank team or number one, like we're here to put the same amount of work in no matter what, because everybody has the same goal, and it's to win a Super Bowl. And of course, he's buttoned up. He's the most buttoned up coach in the NFL, honestly. Um, but that's what you want to hear from your coach too. Is it coach speak? Yes. But like from a coach of the year candidate year in and year out, whether he actually gets that nod or not, like that's what I want to hear from the guy. And it's what I want to hear from his quarterback too. And that's exactly what Alan said. Like with all due respect, no one has higher expectations for me than I do. You want me to win a Super Bowl? I mean, yeah, clearly. You think I should? Yeah, me too. So I'm going to go out and do it. Yeah. You know? And one thing that, you know, regarding Sean McDermott, um, that I'm noticing in his in his press conferences, he's evolved a lot, you know, yeah. over over the last five years. But one of the things I noticed this year, this like training camp, getting ready for that and so on, there's been a shift in his um, demeanor. If you watch his press conferences, he mm -hmm. is much more um, I would say he looks like he's so focused that he's not going to let anything distract him, you know, at this point. In the first few years, you'll remember, I mean, the team was rebuilding. So yeah. there really wasn't a lot of pressure on McDermott at that point. But let's face it, this is the year. Come on. You know, after 13 seconds, you know, now... Mm -hmm. And all the expectations in the media and everybody yeah. saying that we're supposed to win the Super Bowl. It's it's unmanageable if you let it be unmanageable and he won't. But exactly. I can see a shift in him in terms of his seriousness of purpose. It's yeah. almost as if he knows, okay, this is the year. All right. We got to yeah. do it. No, and, and everybody's and, feeling it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, and you kind of get that sense in everything they did this offseason like von miller is the most and we're we can bring him up in every single talking point that we ever have all season long like that is the most win now move that i have seen from a maybe not even a buffalo sports franchise but just a professional football team in a really long time like you could argue the rams trading for stafford but that was kind of like the beginning of their dynasty you know that was right. getting them to be in win now mode uh right. bills recognized that this window is opening and if they didn't do something quick about it it's gonna it was gonna close and the the hallmark of a sean mcdermott team hallmark of when he was down in carolina like it's the defense he has a strong defense that's physical tough nasty and hard to play against and he noticed that that just wasn't really a thing anymore so he probably looked in the mirror and said you know what i know i'm a great defensive mind i know i'm a great defensive coach but you know a superstar can't really hurt you know and then exactly. you get von miller you go out you prioritize getting jd mckissick what happens because all these teams are trying to like have that dynamic pass catching running back and mm -hmm. then you know then we bring in duke johnson and we bring in james cook trying to mimic all the success that pass catching running backs are having in the league right now, you know, and, and there's a reason for it. You know, Josh Allen, he can improvise all damn day long, but you know, sometimes will. that nice little 20 yard dump off to a running back. It's nice to oh, be yeah. able to rely on that. You know, that's, that's the thing that has been missing in, in my view on offense is a little short passing game. You know, Thurman Thomas was, 
just incredible in terms of being multidimensional. Yeah. And James Cook has that same ability in terms of, you know, being multidimensional. And I'm looking forward to some differences on offense compared to when Dayball was running the offense. Mm -hmm. What can we expect from Ken Dorsey? Nobody knows, which I think is good. I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's the same reason I loved having Don Granado come on for the Sabres is because like yes. and even Ralph Kruger when it happened, honestly, it's because it was an unknown, you know, exactly. I'd rather take a chance on an unknown than, you know, know what I'm getting and have the blueprint out there for everyone else. And especially with the working relationship he already has with Josh, like Josh being so he doesn't have to be vocal about being happy Ken Dorsey stayed. He doesn't have to say those things. No. And that re- that's the other thing in terms of carryover, even mm-hmm. though he's in a new role, um, Dorsey has an already established relationship with Josh. So there's, you know, there's no fear there that the transition is going to be something that isn't going to work out because the chemistry is there. They work closely together. He loves him. Um, Josh loves, you know, he, he loves Ken Dorsey and Dorsey. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious to see what kind of little wizardry he's going to bring to the offense <laughs> because yeah. he's a fun guy, you know, he yeah. played quarterback. So, you know, he knows he's got how many college records does he still hold? Um, yeah, right. You know, he's he he's an inventive kind of a guy. He he sort of reminds me of Dayball in that way, you know, in terms of being yeah. daring and trying different things. But the one thing I've been begging for and hoping for, and maybe this year we're gonna have our two tight end sets. Please. Oh, don't you get me started. Don't please. you get me started. Oh, oh please start. Okay, well, I'll get started. The idea of and it was back in May. I, mean, I keep talking about this Greg fella, but Greg Thompson and I, like on the same day, I remember tweeted about how amazing it would be to have OJ Howard, Dawson Knox, Reggie Gilliam, like James Cook and Gabe Davis out there because they all can catch the ball. But everyone who's not James Cook is a freaking mauler and will knock mm-hmm. down every guy in his path. Add in the, the, the physical and athletic offensive line with Spencer Brown, Mitch right. Morris, who is still one of the most underrated centers in the NFL. The way he can get up the field and just clear lanes and like through linebackers is something absolutely out of this world. And the thought of having our like jumbo kind of set be just as lethal down the field as it is running the football. We don't need our best receiver on the field. We don't need Stefan Diggs on the field to get down the field with with that kind of capability. It's unbelievable. Exactly, you know, and it, I never really understood why Dayball was allergic to two tight end sets. It never made sense to me, especially yeah. after wasn't he wasn't he the tight tight end coach when Aaron Hernandez and I believe you're Rock right. were together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it seemed like you know you know you, you always draw like I can tell like just in my personal work like in the marketing that I do, like I draw things from my first like internship doing email marketing into what I'm doing right now. I I can't imagine why Brian Dable go back to New England wouldn't bring that over to here. And maybe he didn't think he had the skill set. maybe like it's Tommy Sweeney was our backup last year. Like, so, I mean, I get it, but also he's a pure athlete. He's a Josh Allen of tight ends. So Mm -hmm. it could have been worth the shot. 
uh it, it's just it's such a great way to open up mismatches like i said i'm not an x's and o's guy but like with two tight end sets goddamn i'm close yes like, <laughs> please bring music it music to my ears oh my goodness that might be a shirt that we need to put out is give me something about two tight end sets i gotta get a two two t-e-s yep yeah we do have the, the one i'm gonna put out um is going to be a uh you know the ass man uh license plate from seinfeld it's gonna be bass yes very very simple but it's gonna <laughs> sell like hotcakes so dell i know you actually retweeted this show if you're watching just just fire up the presses now and just get that just get that her, going because people go. are gonna want it you know <laughs> for real yeah speaking of tyler bass he was not in the top 10 of kickers in madden this year and i wasn't gonna bring up madden ratings with you because I don't think you would care, but come on. Come on. Oh yeah. And Robbie Gold got cut by two teams last year and he's higher than Tyler Bass. Yeah. Yeah. That's the disrespect. Yes. The disrespect That's... for our ass man. Uh, well, you know what? That's just fine. Yeah, you right? know, <laughs> it'll be just more fuel for the fire you know, exactly. this year. Um, and, and speaking of things to carry over though, like, I can't remember the last time. I probably can remember the last time, honestly, but it's been so long ago that we had a kicker that like in the big moments when they actually did matter, like love Steven Hauschka, but the, the, his kicks didn't matter when he was here. I'm sorry. Like, you know, it's if true. he was on this team, I'd be happy to have him. But like Tyler Bass, rookie year, coming in and kicking an indie last year, making big kicks in the playoffs, like I can't imagine. I, I always say I'm going to raise my child to be a field goal kicker because, like, it's just, it's got to be the easiest way to become a millionaire in the whole world. <laughs> but, like, to have the poise at such a young age to come in and do that is just unbelievable. And now we're basically going to be watching it again with Ariza. Like, I, oh my God. It's I never thought I'd be excited about young special teamers. I know, but that we have the potential to to actually have you know consistency, which is something that you know we've lacked in that in that area for a long time. I'm curious to see you know S Coach Smiley, you know what's he all about? You know what mm -hmm. what what kind of differences are we going to see with special teams with him, if any? Yeah, I don't know him very well. Yeah, I don't either, and and I imagine that based on just like personnel. It's going to be the same kind of deal because it is, you know, Sean McDermott likes to have people on defense dressed who do contribute on special teams. That gets prioritized over, you know, a, a sixth or a seventh receiver or a third running back sometimes. And like, you know, well, not running back because it's always Taiwan Jones. But, you know, right. you get what I'm saying. Like, we'll have six six linebackers. Like, Terrell Bernard will probably be active a lot for special teams right now in his rookie year is my guess. Um, and I guess he had a good good first day at training camp today i too. was just gonna i was gonna just bring that up all um, right cool he's Go a for guy it. that just absolutely fascinates me mm -hmm. because he came he was like the matt milano pick you know yeah. i i don't think very many people had them you know had him on their on their list on their radar um yeah but obviously you know being did but it he just hasn't, you know, he's got that something like Matt Milano does, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of having a nose for things. When I watched his highlights, I was like, wow, this guy really is good. Mm -hmm. And he seems very instinctive. Hear, yeah. Yeah. And you didn't hear mm -hmm. a lot of, um, you didn't hear a lot of analysts talking about him before the draft. So yeah. that's why it was like, well, who's he? 
and yeah. I had to go check him out. But I think he could be a real asset um, for the team mm -hmm. on special teams, and if he has to come in, yeah. um, you know, can he can he fill the role? And the big question too we have is in terms of carryover of issues, mm -hmm. um, Tremaine Edmonds. You know, in yes. terms of what's going to no, happen a, with Tremaine this yeah. year. Yeah, I'm not as down on him as a lot of other people. As a first Neither round pick, I, I think that he definitely could be doing better. Mm -hmm. If it was a second round pick, I would be extraordinarily happy with him. You know, like mm -hmm. I would say he's 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 surpassed the value that I'd want him to. Um, and the thing is, like, he probably plays. I mean, cornerback might really be the hardest position, like from a from a skill standpoint. But he had a lot on his plate very early, like being at in the middle at nineteen, trying to command a huddle of people who have been playing in the NFL for years. He is someone I don't know if it's been talked about enough that could really benefit from Von Miller. Yes. But, I, cause like we always say, you know, is, you know, Rousseau, Oliver, Lawson, like, you know, the defensive line is going to be really good because of Von Miller, but you know, he is the definition of a pros pro, a leader and Tremaine, he's not, you know, I remember coming out, like he wasn't very outspoken, kind of like Gabe Davis actually. And luckily mm -hmm. Gabe Davis, he doesn't have to command the offensive huddle, but Tremaine does. So I'm hoping that's probably what I want the most out of Von Miller this year. Do I want him to get double digit sacks? Yeah. But like the future of this defense, he is here for that just as much as he is to help us win a Super Bowl right now. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, Tremaine is tw what, 24 now. So, yeah. you know, he's so young mm -hmm. and I think people forget that, pe that people develop physically, you know, at, at different rates. It's like yeah. what we saw with Josh, you know, when Josh came to, to the university of Wyoming, like he weighed like 190 pounds or something like that. He was six, two or six, three then. <laughs> and, and people mature at, at, at different rates, but yeah. you know, I think the big thing for Tremaine is to let the game come to him a little bit more Exactly. Um, because he's, he's got, he's so quick, you know, he's got, he's quick twitch. He, he, you know, he gets places, but he's, he's very, he's very thoughtful. And I think sometimes yes. he thinks too much. Yeah, and... no, because sometimes he'll make a play. Uh, I remember in the Kansas city game in particular, he had one play where from the snap, he started sprinting to the sideline from the middle of the field because he knew exactly yeah. where he was going to hit the running back. And it was a four yard loss. And I think it was on, it was on like a second and short that made it second and it made it third and long. And then we got the fourth, the third down stop there. That's mm -hmm. the Tremaine Edmonds we need. I would rather him be extremely decisive and be wrong about it. You know, because then mm -hmm. like at least people are like, okay, no, okay. Matt Malone's like, oh, he's going there. Okay. Like, I know I have to at least keep my, like, my right eye, like, you know, this periphery, <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta be, be cognizant of the gap over there. Exactly. Like, yeah. No. And I think he gets too much hate. He definitely he gets too much hate, but, but you that can also segues into, into where we were talking about like fans, you know, yes. and, and unrealistic expectations and, and how crazy people get, mm -hmm. um, you know, we have, we have so much to deal with on our plate as fans, 
this year because of the expectations, you know, yeah. the media and everyone has put on this team. Um, I don't work like you said earlier. I don't worry about the players. No. You know, they they can get focused and whatnot. But I am worried about the fans. You know, yeah. in terms of how how are we going to make it through this season with five? What is it? Five prime time games. Mm-hmm. And, and that's you if you know, don't count Thanksgiving. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's just it's crazy. But part of the thing that's different, and I wrote down a couple of things about this because it was on my mind um, when you're talking about managing expectations. It's kind of age dependent in terms of how people are responding to this media hype. Because if you're an old person like me and you've lived through the entire existence of the Buffalo Bills, you have a a different perspective than somebody who's been a fan, say, for the last 20 years. And exactly. And so you the only thing you've known is failure. You know, that quite literally, (laughs) quite literally and 17 years of play after all of that. So wherever you are on that timeline kind of, I think, affects the way that that you respond to the pressure of this upcoming season. Old people like me have to pace ourselves because seriously, you, you know, this is the way we are. It's Bill's Mafia. We we get dramatic about everything. You know, if mm-hmm. if somebody stubs their toe, it's a catastrophe and we're never going to win another game. Literally, and, yes. And so we kind of have to get uh, get past a little bit of that. But it's hard because it's really, really hard. we've been traumatized. I love when Steve Tasker talks about scar tissue. Yeah. You know, we have so much scar tissue to get through. And so now we have all this expectation put on us by the media. Oh, you know, the Bills have to win the Super Bowl. Bills, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is like new territory for for most of us. And even when for old people, you know, even when the Bills went to the four Super Bowls, they didn't, the, the country didn't really care about Bills fans. You know, yeah. it wasn't like there was a Bills mafia then. You know, there <laughs> wasn't. It, you know, it was us against the rest of the NFL. Mm. But I find it very interesting now because we seem to be the darlings. You know, everybody loves us because we're Bills mafia and we jump through tables and we do stupid shit. Of course you know, what, you know, Lost whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the anxiety we have to pace ourselves and and not get too sucked into into the hype because bad things are going to happen we're probably going to lose a game that you know we play like shit and you know bad things are going to happen along the way because some of what happens on your way to winning a super bowl is luck you know that you don't get injured it Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of that falls into place so we kind of have to be prudent you know about how we dole out our emotions because you'll be exhausted by the first by the bye week if if you allow yourself to get too emotional about every game yeah no it it is there are peaks and valleys in football season and you know when what and and the the peak could start week one when we play la on the first night of the season super bowl champions that game itself is going 
to swing a lot of people in Bills Mafia one way or another. If mm -hmm. we lose that game, the national media is going to say they just lost to the defending Super Bowl champions. The, the, the best quarterback wide receiver duo in the NFL, potentially, in Cup and Stafford. I'm not going to say they are, but you can, someone made the argument, I'd listen to it. McVay, outstanding coach, really, mm -hmm. really intelligent. They still have Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle maybe in NFL history by the time he's done playing. Maybe already, who knows? Like, that if we lose that game by three points, people are going to say we're missing the playoffs. But no I one know. outside of the 716, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, I know last year, did I spike a drink on the ground walking out of that Mac Jones through three passes game? Sure. Of course I did. Yeah. Am I going to spike a few more this year? Maybe. We'll see how many games I go to. But... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be, it's uncharted territory. Sure. It's very much uncharted territory. And as fans, we we really have to be mindful of the fact that we are in un, uncharted waters. The other thing that I would add is that we should try to avoid being asshats. You know, Ooh. Oh, Robin, I'm going to put I'm, you on. I'm going to give you the whole screen. I'm going to give you the whole screen for this. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to try to. Never mind. I don't know if I am. Eh, well, I'll figure it out. Keep going. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I, you know, we have an opportunity here. We have the entire NFL watching us this year. People know us to be loyal, generous, wonderful fans. And we have to do something about that in terms of our reputation as we go along through the season because we may be winning and all is well and good but we don't have to be obnoxious we don't have to be assholes we don't have to be mass holes um <laughs> we know what mass holes are that was um, good no i, but, I went to school with a mass hole in my uh, freshman year of college you know what i'm talking about so <laughs> yeah we truly have an opportunity to be role models you know in terms of how to show other fan bases you know what it's not just a matter of what you're like when you it's what you're like when you win are you mm -hmm. gracious are you going to be a jerk you know are i don't you know people can do whatever they want but yeah. i don't hold a lot of regard for people that are trolls and and just try to stir up shit on on, on social media so i hope if we really do have the season that I think we could have, um, I hope that as a fan base, not we take our reputation to the next level and yeah. show other teams how you can be a classy fan base and and mm -hmm. still be full of all all sorts of fun and games. Yeah, no, no. Passion can manifest in more ways than being a sore winner or being a sore loser. Like mm -hmm. if you like don't honestly like if if the bills are having a bad game my advice to everyone is don't go on twitter literally don't. like talk about it with people that you're actually with have verbal conversations about it it's mm -hmm. it's help like if i wasn't with trainwreck sports i'm telling you i would not be on social media as much as i am if at all like there there is just i agree i i much more value 
you know, screaming at someone sitting right next to me because he thinks Josh threw the pass too early and I think the receiver ran the route wrong. I would much rather scream at my friend Faz, punch him in the face, have him throw a chair at me, and then <laughs> we'll just slap each other up and then crack open a beer right after. Like, that's go. what I'm talking about. He civilized people here, everybody. <laughs> really? Um, there's nothing civilized about social media, and it, it no. just affords this opportunity for people to show their assholery on a regular exactly. basis. And especially and, if we're losing, like, mm -hmm. there is nothing. Maybe the thing that makes me most mad about social media and sports fandom is, like, let's say uh, Khalil Shakir's in a big spot we don't expect him to be this year. And it's his job to catch the ball in the end zone, and he's got, a, he's got the receiver beat, and he just loses concentration. God forbid. God forbid, so let's say something like that happens. Yeah. You know what his DMs are going to look like. You know what people are going to be saying to him on Instagram. Why Why is that how people react in that situation? That's because, not going to yeah. want to make him play for the city. That's not going to want to make him put money into your FanDuel account. Like, no one cares except for you. Right, right. Yeah. And, I, you know, the, the thing about social media bringing out the worst in people um, is it it's the confounding thing about social media because while it can do some terrible things at the same time, I mean, it can afford opportunity for terrible things to happen. It's such yeah. a blessing. It you is. know, I grew up in a time when there were transistor radios, you know, and, and that sort of <laughs> thing. So I have a deep appreciation for what the internet has allowed me to do as a Bills fan in Wyoming, yeah. you know, right? 30 years ago, I was the only Bills fan in the state. And, you know, now it's a whole, you know, whole different story. But the <laughs> internet can be a blessing and a curse, you know, at the same time. But I, my message to the fan base is let's be role models and, yes. and, and not jerks. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great way to end the show, honestly. Let's be role models and not jerks. There are big expectations for the Bills this year. And, just doing anything of the assholery that we have spoken of will not make the ride as good as it can be. Enjoy the ride. Like Robin said, what, if this was 30 years ago, obviously I wasn't born, but we would not be able, you in Wyoming and me in Buffalo, to talk Bill's football on a podcast live streaming on Twitter. I wouldn't even know who Robin is, and she is one of my best Twitter friends right now. So use Twitter for good, use social media for good, spread positivity, and if you gotta scream at anyone about the Bills, make it someone who you already know and love and do it in person. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and make that your anymore. outlet, because our outlet is Outlet Liquor, crazy segue, amazing stuff. Make sure you support them, George Urban Boulevard in Depew. I know you have some more summer parties coming up, we got a month and a half left of great summer weather. So make sure you take advantage of the great prices at our friends at Outlet Liquor. But that will do it for us here on the Crowdices Podcast. Robin, I said I love the nuance you bring to the conversation. I'm very thankful that you are here. I hope we can do this more as the season rolls along. I'm available anytime. Love oh. working with you. <laughs> love to hear it. Uh, we'll do this again soon. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. For myself, Robin, all at Trainwreck Sports, good night now. <laughs>